Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Access Talk with Trish, a 30-minute weekly segment that is dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. And I'm your host for the show, Trish Robichaud, disability awareness coach, author, facilitator, and motivational speaker. I'm a woman with a disability, but definitely not a disabled woman. The Access Talk with Trish radio show can be heard live on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern at accesstalkwithtrish.com, or you can listen to past show recordings on demand at any time at the same address on iTunes, if that's how you roll. The show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. And on that note, I'd like to introduce my guest for today. That would be Diana Simpson, who is the supervisor of accessibility planning at the city of Mississauga. Diana came to the city over 21 years ago from the healthcare sector, where she worked as a recreational therapist for, for 12 years. At the city of Mississauga, Diana was hired as a recreational analyst for seniors, overseeing citywide recreation services for older adults, including the Mississauga 55 plus senior games. Really cool. During this time, she worked with the Saga Stroke Breakers Program, a day program for adults who've had a stroke, and developed the Next Step to Active Living Program, which is another day program for adults with a physical disability. Fabulous. In 2003, Diana joined Facilities and Property Management and developed the city's first accessibility plan and the Accessibility Advisory Committee. Big job that year, I'm sure. Since then, <laughs> Diana has completed 14, count them, 14 annual accessibility plans. Guess you can do them in your sleep by now, huh? In her role <laughs> as accessibility coordinator and most recently as supervisor accessibility planning. Diana has had many notable accomplishments over the past 21 years, including the development of the facility accessibility design standards and eight Again, count them, eight accessibility events, including the Accessibilities Awards event held in 2014. Through her work in facilities and property management, Diana has been instrumental in providing her accessibility lens on city projects to ensure that the design of their facilities are considering all members of the community, including those with disabilities. This attention to detail has resulted in the city being recognized for numerous accessibility awards, including most recently the Rick Hansen Foundation Accessible Cities Award 2017 Circle of Excellence. Mississauga was inducted for Celebration Square. Wow, I got to hear about this Celebration Square. Welcome, <laughs> Diana. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Beautiful. Let's start with your most recent achievement at the city, um, the Rick Hansen Foundation Accessible Cities Award, Circle of Excellence for Celebration Square. What is Celebration Square and what makes it award worthy? Okay, Celebration Square is our uh, massive public space for festivals and events that is uh, south of our city hall and to the west of it is our central library. 
So it's got a, um, in the summer, a spray pad that's fully accessible. And in the winter, that becomes an ice rink. And then it's got a huge lawn area um, that has a stage to the south of it with, with greens as well. And it's where we have, for example, our Canada Day events, our uh, New Year's events, our multicultural events throughout the year. Just this past weekend, they had a rib fest. Um, so it, it's fully accessible um, from, from the stage, having a ramp uh, off to the side of it, not at the back of the stage, to uh, a washroom at the back of the stage that if a performer uh, has a disability and needs to use a washroom, there's an accessible washroom there. There are other universal washrooms on the site. Uh, there's an amphitheater. There's a section for vendors, like a market square area. Yeah, so it's a massive uh, space for uh, accessible space for our residents and visitors to the city. Beautiful. It sounds like a wonderful place to have a big party. Yes, it is, for sure. So, did you have Canada Day celebrations there? We did. Yeah, we had uh, Canon was the, the like the lead act at the end, singing uh, you know his famous waving the flag song. Wonderful. Um, yeah. We also had fireworks as well. Wonderful. Excellent. What uh, Canada Day celebration wouldn't be would be complete without without fireworks? That's I understand. Right. I understand. To start, there were a lot of grade differences throughout the square. That must have yep. been an accessibility nightmare. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right, Trish. There was uh, existing, the existing space. So here we're dealing with existing space and then retrofitting it for accessibility. So before there were some stairs, there were large um, uh, slopes to get into various sections of the space. Mm -hmm. So they lessened those slopes and we used our existing standards, our facility um, accessibility standards at the time, which um, referenced a 5% slope. So where we could, we put 5% slopes in because the space does um, start kind of higher up and then it goes lower when when you move from the north to the south part of the space. Mm -hmm. um, we put in ramps where we could uh, and then also um, uh, handrails. When there were ramps, we put handrails on both sides of, of the ramp. So, so that's how we dealt with that. Wonderful. I'm sure that the engineers had a ball trying to figure that all out, eh? Mm -hmm. they, 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 part of the process was to consult with our Accessibility Advisory Committee. So um, when they heard the needs of people with disabilities, I think the architect learned a lot at that meeting mm -hmm. and, and applied what they heard. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I understand there's a farmer's market down there as well? Yes, there is. On Wednesday morning, there's a farmer's market. Wonderful, wonderful. And wondering, these independent vendors, would they be hmm. trained in customer service? I, I would hope so. Part of our uh, requirements are that third parties that come and do work with the city, that they either uh, deliver the accessible customer training to their staff, or that they use our booklet that we have posted on our website right. that covers the requirements under the legislation and that they sign off for that. Gotcha.
I'm sure the city of Mississauga has a wonderful accessibility training segment as part of your new hire orientation, even though they're just, um, uh, you know, vendors that are working part time one morning a week or whatever. Um, mm. It would be simple enough for them to walk through your orientation, your online stuff. What other aspects of inclusive employment um, has the city implemented? Okay, so uh, required by law under the employment standards, under the integrated accessibility standards, we have made amendments to policies. So for example, our hiring policy has a statement that says that if you are a person with a disability and you need an accommodation during the interview process, or even if you're hired and it, it, as you're working for the city, that you let us know and we will accommodate. So for example, if you um, are deaf, and you need a sign language interpreter, then let us know and we'll arrange for a sign language interpreter to be part of the interview. Beautiful. Um, yeah, as well uh, for um, accommodations in the workplace. So once you're hired or even if you, um, you get a disability as you're working at the city, you get in a car accident or you never know what can happen, then you need to let your supervisor manager know and an accommodation plan will be put into place to ensure that you have what you need to do your work. Fabulous. And then of course, there's those of us who are in that aging baby boomer population who will see likely disability, at least 50% of us. Yes. Those that are 50 plus, right? That's for sure, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to head out to a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the extensive work that you guys have done in your park system and your recreational programs. Okay. Devon has been with his company for over five years, since before his legs started giving him trouble. He loves his job, he's great at it, and he plans to stay with the company till retirement if possible. Problem is, it's getting difficult for him to walk from his desk to the washroom. His supervisor, Aisha, lets Devon know that she's noticed he's having some trouble. She suggests they move his desk closer to the entrance and the washroom. Devon is relieved and agrees. This is an example of a basic accommodation that helps make a workplace inclusive. Did you know that 50% of accommodations don't cost a dime and 80% cost $500 or less? The inclusion of people with disabilities in the workforce is the best answer to our current labor shortages. And making businesses accessible to customers with disabilities sees you tapping into their $32 billion spending power. Sound good? Then let a changing paces, warm, and friendly expert take you by the hand and walk you through the steps to making your business accessible to everyone. Visit us at changingpaces.com today. And we're back. I'm here with Diana. You're still with us, Diana? I am. I've read about the extensive accessibility work Mississauga has done in your park system. And I'm really impressed with like the extent of your park system, as well as your recreational programs that you've added to your park system. Uh, can you share... Mm -hmm. This is kind of a pointed question. Um, can you share your proudest moment that you've experienced bringing playtime to kids with disabilities in Mississauga? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll start with our playgrounds. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, we set up a renovation playground program where every year we identify a number of playgrounds that need accessibility improvements. And it could be a, a universal swing that is put in. 
It could be a pathway that connects to the playground. It could be a transfer station so that someone, uh, you know, a child with a physical disability can get onto some of the equipment. So we identify, for example, last year there were 18 playgrounds that received some kind of an accessibility improvement. Phenomenal. And we've been doing this for a, for a number of years. Um, so it must really be adding up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we chip away, and then I would say on an average about 20 playgrounds per year, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get there eventually. Yes, it does cost a lot to do them all at once. Mm-hmm. But if you if you chip away at it and year by year, uh, make your playgrounds more accessible, of course, the whole community is going to benefit. So not only do we plan for those improvements, we also have a process where, where if a family needs a local playground to be upgraded, so for example, needs a universal swing, they can contact Park, they can call our 311 line, or they can contact myself, and we'll set it in motion and get that done for them. We've heard a lot of positive feedback that families are able to go to their local playground and access it. Um, not only that, we have what are called our fully inclusive playgrounds in various quadrants in the city um, that everything accessible. So all the equipment, the surfaces, the uh, the sponge uh, type surface, soft surface, mm. um, and so those are are, are available as well. So there's floor, uh, ground level that they're uh, safe to fall on, but you can uh, still navigate with a wheelchair across the padded flooring. Exactly. My goodness. I, I saw a couple of pictures of one mm-hmm. of your parks, and I and there was a swing yeah. in it that looked so unusual. I had to yeah. like copy the name of it and look it up online. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was The Expression Swing. Baby and Mom. That yeah. is just amazing. Want to explain yeah. that? Tell our listeners what yeah. it looks like? Yeah, so it's an Expression Swing, and I think we have about three now in in uh, various playgrounds. And it's, so if you have a child, uh, maybe not even with a physical disability, even a developmental disability that feels more secure to have your mom or your caregiver or your support person near you, mm-hmm. then the, the kid with the disability sits on one side of the swing and then the, the mom or the caregiver can sit directly opposite and they can swing together. So wow. that's called an expression swing. That yeah. is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I also noticed that one of your parks, I noticed a QR code on the equipment. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah so we set up various trails, have uh, fitness equipment, and some of the equipment is accessible to people who use wheelchairs. But then we also have signage, so it gives directions to people on how to use the equipment and some suggested exercises while they're using the equipment. Mm-hmm. So for people that are blind, they may they wouldn't be able to read the instructions unless someone, of course, was with them and could read it out. Mm-hmm. But if they're on their own, they bring their cell phone, and let's face it, most of us all have a cell phone, mm-hmm. and then there's a QR code. So they can access the QR code, and they can listen to the instructions on how to use the equipment that way. Fabulous. And it's not just people who are blind that can benefit from that. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people have more difficulty with the printed word, especially in yes. 
door sign and the lighting isn't all that great or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of reasons why a face to face, you know, an in person sign is might be difficult. Whereas, yeah. with, like you pointed out, the, the the first of all, let's explain a QR code is one of these square digital looking images that have pixels and uh, black spots and white spots mixed together to form a square or some are rectangular now and over time yeah. they will get very different looking more and more unique actually um yeah but um the qr code scans with your phone just like any like a barcode scanner or whatever you just download an app and yeah. um, to be able to access that uh, instructional information right there or or goodness i can see it in like um you know, scenic places, you know, where, you know, parks, you pull off and there's a view and then, you know, this is Fort whatever, you know, and yeah. the yeah. history of that, like that could all be um, transmitted by QR code. So somebody can just read it, listen to it instead of reading it. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. So tell me, we're going to summarize here. What mm -hmm. do you what do you think, Diana, as far as your own experience with uh, barriers and your experience with breaking down barriers? What, mm. if you were talking to other municipalities, what would mm -hmm. be a short list of the three top barriers that municipalities should watch out for, that they should be looking mm. for within their municipalities? Wow, what a question. Every, any, any municipality is going to give me a different, different answer to this. There's no right or wrong. But what, yeah, has been, yeah. what has been most apparent for you? Yeah, I'm going to say the top one, and we've talked a lot in this interview about physical barriers. That's an, not, not that it's, I want to say easy. It's not easy. It, it, it takes time and it takes money. But it, it's visible. People can see it and you can talk about it. Right, Sometimes it's more of a yeah, it's tangible, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's for the requirements around information and communications. Mm -hmm. So looking at more of the needs for people that may have a hearing disability or a vision disability and, and ensuring, for example, that our website is accessible mm -hmm. and that it even goes beyond the minimum standards that are in the legislation that when we that. post, yeah, when we post a video, that it's automatic that we include captioning and that we include um, descriptive video. That's not always done. It's not part of the legislation. We do that for our own accessibility video, but right. I'd love to see that happen throughout the corporation. So I think that's one area that, that continually needs improvement and, and we're looking to the legislation to strengthen that a little more Beauty. going forward. Yeah. Um, so physical, you can always do better, right? We have 350 buildings. We just did an audit of 97 of those more public-facing buildings. And, I mean, let's face it, we can continue to improve. We need to install more automatic door openers. Um, uh, some of the visual alarms that may not have been installed in some of the older buildings. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, so, information, communication, physical. And I guess the last, I think we're getting better at attitudinal. Mm -hmm. barriers, but um, I think we can always um, 
like we need to continue to educate and increase awareness and keep it in people's minds that no matter what they're doing, they're thinking about how would a person who is deaf access that service? Mm -hmm. How would a person who's blind access that service? And how would a person who has a physical disability access that service? And if you can think about that in anything, any of our services, programs, facilities, then you're following what's needed for accessibility. Fabulous. So that was in terms of giving advice to uh, other municipalities. What mm -hmm. if you're talking to just our listeners, all right, mm -hmm. and you want to convey to them um, what to keep in mind on a daily basis? On a daily basis, mm -hmm. what the average Joe person out there, uh, what right. to keep in mind on a daily basis to help minimize barriers? What to keep in mind as a as a resident, for example, yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. What to keep in mind? You know what I'd like, and we do this through working with our accessibility advisory committee, is to let us know where the barriers are. Don't hesitate to let us know. We might not be able to fix it right away, but if we don't know about it, we don't know what needs fixing. Absolutely. And it can be as simple, you know, it can be as simple as a lip and a sidewalk. So you're going this path of travel to your, maybe it's important for your morning coffee and use an electric wheelchair. I mean, I see a guy out there every time I come into work every day on a scooter and I know he's heading to the Tim Hortons, but on his travels, there's this big two inch lift that causes him and you know his chair to, to, to move around and it's uncomfortable. Let us know and we can go and we can shave that down. And again, it might not happen right away, we'll, but we'll, we'll put that down on a list of things to do and we'll work to making you know your life easier as you access things that you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Excellent, example. excellent. Yeah, I, I, that's perfect. Um, and and you have a phone number that they can call. You talking yeah. about regular phone number for the town, or is there yeah. some department they should request? They can call three one one. Three one one. There you go. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And if any of our listeners want to know more about you, Diana, contact you, mm -hmm. the work you've done, or you know any yep. other municipalities want to reach out, how can they get a hold of you? They can send me an email at uh, diana.simpson, and it's one N in Diana, dot Simpson at mississauga.ca, or they can call me. I have a direct line at 905. 615-3608. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Diane. I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk with you, Trish. And thank you to our listeners so much for joining us for today's episode of Access Talk with Trish, a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. Please join us again next week, again on Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. Till